This is Elisha's TMA Clip of the Day. Uh, the bulk of the time was with the President-elect Donald Trump. Uh, I, I found it an, an extremely interesting conversation uh, and uh, to be continued. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you. Okay, there's Al Gore, one who folks maybe did not suspect to see uh, meeting with President-elect Trump during the transition. So lots of people knew Ivanka's very strong stance on global warming. And Donald Trump had once said that climate change was a myth. And then he kind of like backed off of that a little bit. And now the fact that he's meeting with Al Gore People, uh, even some Trump supporters are going, wait a second here. What, what's happening right before our eyes? We also learned yesterday well, it, that Ivanka it, it, and Jared Kushner are planning on a house. They are currently house hunting in the D.C. area. And the question is, will Ivanka have you know more of a role in the administration and, and more of an ear to her dad than Melania or even some other advisors? And I think the answer to that is yes. And I remember saying like back during the RNC that I was troubled by her speech there because it sounded exactly like something that Chelsea Clinton or Hillary Clinton would have given and that those principles weren't conservative. They weren't Republican. And and I think that there are going to be ideas that she's pushing to her dad. And because she's the favorite child, he's going to be pushing them through. Well, I, I think that the important thing to understand about Trump is that Trump is not conservative. I mean, the, the, the fact that he's having Al Gore to the White House or to the Trump Tower, it, it, it's not super surprising. I mean, he signed a letter in 2009 in the New York Times in which he demanded that Congress do something about climate change. So he switched his positions on a lot of these issues. He's looking for headlines and headlines that benefit him, which is why he, it's quite possible that he takes a lot of actions that actually make him quite popular. So, for example, this morning, he tweeted out that he wanted to cancel a $4 billion contract with Boeing to build the new Air Force One because he says we don't need to spend that money. That's smart politics, right? I mean, he's canceling a contract that looks like it's benefiting him personally because he's the one who's going to be flying around on Air Force One. At the same time, the carrier deal, which I think is a terrible deal and undermines basic free market economics, the polls show it's very popular. 60% of Americans like it. So he's, he's going to be looking for headlines that generate this feeling that he's just a pragmatist who's willing to do whatever it takes to, to help Americans. It's, it's a very smart way to style yourself politically it's not a conservative way to style yourself politically no but it, it certainly might be and I, I i think folks are coming around to maybe appreciating that this is the authentic donald trump because we've understood during the campaign and all during the 18 months and the primaries and the general election campaign i think we understood that 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 pragmatism was certainly a uh, a feature of the campaign political pragmatism and we saw during the campaign with ivanka his daughter that push for maternity leave, and he did that and directly said, this is because my daughter cares about it so much. Al Gore, the former vice president, certainly made it clear when meeting with the president-elect on his way out of the, the building yesterday, he made it clear that Ivanka Trump and he had a conversation and that Ivanka Trump, the daughter of the president-elect, had has high passion for the issue of climate change. So this might be yet another example of where Trump is being... Uh, obviously motivated by his daughter. There's no other way to say that. And we saw that well, she, he was again, motivated. Again, not a shock. Yeah, we saw that throughout the entire campaign, that anything that Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, including getting him to fire Lewandowski and hire Paul Manafort, and then telling him to get rid of Paul Manafort, I don't know if they were behind him hiring Kellyanne Conway, are things that he did. I well, mean, those are also inside politics thing. In terms of policy, public policy, the example I gave, the maternity leave, I mean, that that's public policy. That's a giant spending proposal by the by the president-elect yeah, that, that was... That was, he said, this is because my daughter wants it. And it's exactly what something like Hillary Clinton or Chelsea Clinton would have proposed.
And this is this is a problem, I think, for a lot of people. This is, you know, this on top of the carrier thing, on top of other people that he's been meeting with, on top of him hemming and hawing, I think, on the Secretary of State decision. Well, there, the people, there are people that are, you know, starting to be a little concerned and yeah. going, how is he going to govern? Who is really going to be in charge at the White House? But you, uh, it, it might be worth considering that the people for whom this is a concern are in the minority. As Ben mentioned a moment ago, all of these polls indicate that whether it's climate change, whether it's... It's uh, some other um, some other positions at the maternity leave position. Very popular. I mean, politically, these are very popular items that Trump has proposed. Until and, people realize that it well, would be the government at the at the hand of a gun forcing an employer to do that for their employees, and then it just like well, Obamacare, uh, people under- it affects jobs and and things people, down down I, I, the way. I, yeah, I think people understand better than you give them credit uh, who pays for all of these things. And and the point is is not about the the the, the merits of the proposal or the economics of the proposal. The point is that Trump here seems to have his finger on the pulse, Ben, of what's popular and what isn't. And if this is how he conducts himself for four years, it's a uh, it's 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 a positive indicator for his political future. Well, th- this is, is something with which I agree. I think that, that Trump's belief that he's capable of charting the, the political future of the country based on popularity, you know, that that's something that I don't agree with, but I think that he is certainly capable of making himself popular by following the political trends. He actually is sort of reminiscent of Bill Clinton. He's got his finger in the political winds, and it seems like he's going to be following that wherever it leads. So, you know, that's, again... I think that the key here is that conservatives still need to call him out when he does things that are wrong. It's going to be easy to fall in love with the idea of a popular Republican president, even if he's doing things that are not Republican. And that's going to be the, the battle here. And it, there, there are other battles, by the way, that are going to come up pretty quickly here. What happens, for example, when Republicans in Congress decide they're not going to push forward Trump's 35 percent tariff policy? What happens when they decide they actually want to do something for reforming Medicare? And he says no. That's when the pedal hits the metal for for Trump and for the Republicans. But Trump is positioning himself as this populist progressive. This is the danger of the seduction into into popularity as opposed to principle. Yeah, and I I think that's well said. I I think it's also worth noting that if Republican primary voters uh, and Republican and the Republican base certainly in the last year and a half was able to fall in love with Donald Trump or at least like him enough to date him pretty seriously and nominate him and elect him to the presidency, then I think it is clear that uh, the you know the the fifty plus senators who are Republican in the U.S. Senate and the hundreds of House members who are Republican can do the same thing. They can fall in love with them, too. Well, you have Kevin McCarthy well, I, from I, right... I hope... Go ahead, Ben. I hope not. You know, I hope I hope that they actually abide by principle and, and stop Trump when he's wrong. But I, I fear that you're probably right, Brian. I fear that popularity tends to breed consequences. And if Trump is popular, particularly with his base, and he's he's apparently now going to deploy Kellyanne Conway to have an organization outside government just to stump for his purposes. So Not just to you stump, could very to easily see a situation in which to fundraise, right? Yeah, you could very then, easily see push. a situation in which Kellyanne Conway is is actually primarying Republicans who don't back Trump sufficiently. So that, I mean, that is the full scale conversion of the Republican Party to the Trump Party. She specifically in talks to put together a team, and she told this to some Washington Post reporters, where she would be helping push the Trump agenda and helping the Trump administration with kind of like their long term goals. 
by fundraising and then using that money. And I mean, it almost sounds like a pack. I don't know how legally this would work, but by using that money to then go to Republicans in Congress and the Senate and say, hey, if you don't push this through, then we're taking all these donors with us. Yeah, I I noted uh, the night before the morning, I should say, we're on the radio in the morning here, Morning Answer, right? It's the name of the show. That's an indicator that we're on in the morning, the morning of the election. In case you ever forget. Yeah, that's right. right. there in the title. Right there in the title. Look at the poster. It's an easy one to uh, remind yourself of. I had made the point on the morning of the election that if anyone can defy expectations, it's Donald Trump. And he's done it consistently. And yes, I'm giving him a compliment here. The, the, the president-elect seems to be uh, fairly brilliant when it comes to navigating political matters. And that's clearly uh, what is going on here. The idea to have Kellyanne Conway operating outside the administration, ostensibly outside the White House, not a part of the government, but in this pseudo-independent role promoting Trump policies and the Trump agenda and swatting away his opponents is fairly smart. Oh, of course it's smart. Well, and it's, 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 definite- it's, it's actually a page taken directly from Obama. Exactly. Right? I mean, Obama, <laughs> after 2008, he actually converted Obama for America into organizing for action. He took his campaign and actually reorganized it as a as a lobbying group, essentially. And and you're you're seeing the same thing here with Trump. He, again, it's it's smart politics. Is it conservative? Is it going to bring people the policies that they want? Not necessarily. And I think that there's going to come a point where he's going to start reneging on certain promises, and he's relying on his personal popularity and the fact that he was victorious over Hillary to carry him. We'll find out if that works. Yeah, I, I think that that is a great way to say it. And certainly the honeymoon period here, the first year specifically of legislative proposals that will come out of the House and the relationship that uh, that, that President Trump will have with House leaders, you see uh, very plainly that uh, Vice President-elect Mike Pence, who has a great relationship seemingly with House Speaker Paul Ryan, that relationship is being finessed. So, uh, yeah, so I find myself saying we, we ought to give – Trump, the political creature, a lot more credit than we have to date. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we've said it before on this program. It's not a new thought, but certainly he's capable of surprising people here and being a very popular president. And if his ability to read tea leaves here and sort of zig with people when they zig and zag with them when they zag in terms of the political uh, political culture or more specifically uh, political, um, the kind of the political environment. I think is uh, is brilliant. Well, and it will be interesting to see if he is. So some people are saying that he's building a team of rivals because he's had people like, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani be there for him and be one of his closest advisors. And because he re- yesterday named Ben Carson as the um, secretary of HUD. But it's kind of funny for me to hear that he has this alleged team of rivals when all of those people ended up getting on their knees and, and endorsing him and, and being some of his best surrogates throughout the campaign. And so I think really a team of rivals that we would see would potentially be him going to somebody like Heidi Heitkamp or, you know, which I mistakenly said was a senator from Nebraska, but she's actually from North Dakota and, and, you know, Manchin and these other people. But I think that they're, once again, back to the beginning of this conversation, if you're going to be meeting with those people, are you bringing them into the administration and making sure that they're going to toe the line with what you believe? Or are you going to be meeting with people like Al Gore and allowing him to shift and determine what your administration does on climate change? I mean, let's not forget, what was it, like, eight, I think it was almost eight years ago that Donald Trump signed a full-page ad, I believe in the New York Post, urging President Obama to agree with the structures that the UN had put in in place in the Paris Climate Agreement. So this is a guy that's kind of flipped and flopped on this issue, and it's an issue that I think a lot of conservatives and and even non-political people care about. 
Thanks for listening to my TMA clip of the day. And don't forget to tune in to The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman, Ben Shapiro, and me, Alicia Krause.